When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up? Uh, before we get this kicked off today, I just want to express my sincere appreciation to all you folks for tuning in i know it can't be easy at this point <clears throat> i mean giving any more energy time and attention to this team or should i say content associated with them shows a few things number one you care secondly you might be a little crazy but i understand because i'm the same way look at what i'm doing but I say this all the time. You can't really help who you love. And as a fan of the Chargers for over 22 years, I've seen some dark times. But I got to say, finding it hard to compare the level of embarrassment I feel right now with any other year prior. It just feels different. And whether you agree with me or share the same feelings, I'm sure you have your reasons why. But ultimately, we're in this together. And this is cathartic for me. It's also an opportunity uh, for me to just share and express how I feel with you guys. And even if you don't necessarily agree with me, uh, we can see eye to eye on certain things. And if we don't still, I do appreciate you for checking your boy out anyway. I always do my best to provide a little bit of levity, even in tough times with this team. Not sure how great of a job I'm going to do with that today, but let's give it a shot. So time to get into it. I already know I'm going to catch flack for this, but I don't care. Believe it or not, folks, I don't really revel in being right. I don't. 
and I know a bunch of you guys out there are going to disagree, specifically those of you in the Discord, checking this out, and just like maybe a bunch of people who know me in general. But I have a very sophomore sense of humor, so I mean, just jokingly and out of love, I'll like rub your nose in some stuff every once in a while. And I'm also petty, you know, hence the monikers, Petty Pendergrass, Petty Ruxpin, Petty Riley. Yep, yep. But that's just your boy. So to know me is to love me, maybe. But I really don't like being right about things that I have a problem with. And if you've tuned in for any period of time, you know that um, I refer to the Chargers as the cure to whatever ails you. If you're the opposition, that is. And I'm also a huge proponent of uh, acknowledging what's been so that you can forge a path moving forward. Hopefully correcting those issues that you had in the past, maybe that were failures, so that you can keep pushing forward towards your goals. Now, I don't think the Chargers actually uh, subscribe to the same philosophy, but whatever. Let's take a trip back in time, shall we? Uh, this might be a little triggering, so forewarning. Week one, Dolphins, who were essentially now like the greatest show on turf 2.0. I think their fans are calling them like the greatest show on surf, whatever. That's corny. Oh, I also noticed that you guys are very, very quiet after that curb stomping y'all just took by the Eagles. But let's let that go. We get it. Yeah, you only lost that game by a couple points, but the red flag there was that the defensive strategy that you utilized the year prior against them that was very successful you're sort of kind of abandoned in this game. Now, their team hadn't changed a bunch. Um, speaking to just the offensive side of the ball, usual cast of characters. Tua is still a QB. You got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, like literally the two fastest guys in the entire league. And they did a couple of things offensively that were a little different pre-snap. Like they would motion those guys like almost all game long. So whether you were in man or zone and man, it forced you as a DB to chase them across the formation and then defend them in routes. And it doesn't help that they're already faster than you too. So I'm sure that was difficult. And in zone, it was send those same motions and cause some conflict in the secondary where guys were having issues passing uh, the receivers off. So there were huge gaps in the zones and they were exploiting those as well. But what you weren't doing is what you were not doing is crowding the middle of the field and playing a ton of press man. Now, putting guys in motion definitely affects that because you can't really press them in motion. I mean, you know, that was one of the reasons why they did it, but that wasn't always the case. But you lost. So be it, right? Then week two, you play the Tennessee Titans, who essentially got nothing done against the Saints the week prior. And you had the corpse of Ryan Tannehill come in. You resuscitated him to the tune of 80% completion uh, percentage. He had like 200, almost 250 yards passing, like one touchdown. But the big plays that you gave up were backbreakers. And then he went right back into being a pumpkin the week after. Strange how that works out. And then week three, you beat the Vikings, but you gave up like 130 yards rushing to them. And I don't think they had a rush for over eight or 10 yards somewhere in that area um, through the first two weeks of the season. But you gave up at least like three to them. So there that is. But you did get the win. So, you know, bravo there. 
And then in week six, moving forward a bit, you had the Dallas Cowboys. We know Kellen Moore's past with them, so think you'd have a better understanding of the defense and also their offense to a degree. And what'd you let happen? CD Lamb was a bit disgruntled. They basically told you they were gonna come in there and throw the ball to him, and they did. I think uh was it seven for seven? And uh it was like 117 yards receiving. And then for some reason you thought it was cool to let Brandon Cooks out of captivity to make a quick appearance, and I believe he scored as well. Strange, just there's a trend here. It just keeps happening. Uh, and then in week seven, you allowed like the best offensive output to the Chiefs that you had. I mean, well, that they had had to that point of the season. So this is just like this constant thing every week. What are you not doing well? Well, we're going to figure out a way to give you that, even though we know it's what you want to do. If we're just talking about this past game against the Chiefs, man, you allowed the state trooper looking dude. That's kicking it with Taylor Swift right now, who's almost exclusively their only offensive threat to put up near historic numbers against you in the first half. But I digress. This is the team. This is what they do. You just have to ask yourself a question. How does this stuff continue to happen? Number one, there is a discipline issue. But also, and I say this all the time and I'll say it for the millionth time. It all starts at the top. And if we're not going to go up to management level, we're just going to keep it on the field. The coaches and the players seem to have a disconnect, whether it's through scheme, communication, whatever. I don't know where this team stands with Brandon Staley right now, but I also don't see him going anywhere unless they just go bottoms up and lose like the next four or five games straight. And I said this in the discord. And I'm probably going to get people rolling their eyes at me for this also. I I can't really imagine a world where they lose to the Bears. But there's a small, like, twisted, dark side of me that wants to see what happens if they did. I'm curious. Not asking for it to happen. But this is just kind of where my mind is starting to wander. And I'll leave it at that because, yeah. Some of y'all out there probably feel like that's way too negative is what it is. It's just what's been on my mind lately. So we'll just go ahead and move on to number two and not belabor the belabor the point on this one any further. Um, Y'all get where I'm going is what it is. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
I cannot figure out for the life of me why this team is unable to successfully function in more than one phase of the game at a time. I'm going to call number two uh, equal opportunities suck. Because each phase takes its turn. And it's always the polar opposite of the other. So let's just speak offense and defense to start off. Like, and since the Chiefs game is the last point of reference that we have, the most recent one, let's just go there. <laughs> What's the first half of that game look like? Gives you the impression there's going to be a shootout. Chiefs aren't stopping you on offense. You're not stopping them. And where Travis Kelsey is concerned, you're just allowing him free range in the middle of the field to do whatever it is he wants. Just big play after big play after big play. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing Kermy things. And then you get into halftime. Oh, I'm sorry, by the way, you give up a touchdown prior to. So that whole middle eight thing that you said was a point of emphasis. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you come back out into the second half. You make adjustments defensively, the ones that you should have made in the first half, and they paid off. Uh, you held the Chiefs to seven points that they scored to close the game out, essentially. And that came on the heels of a huge punt return by me, Cole Hartman, who had just got there like three days prior to that. You knew that was going to happen at some point. I actually expected it to happen on offense, but special teams was not on my bingo card because it's been one of the stronger phases or maybe the most consistent phase of the game for the Chargers this year overall. <clears throat> but your offense goes into the tank in the second half and you put up zero points it's not the first time that's happened this year by the way it's just strange though this team seems to have an aversion to consistency unless we're talking about being consistently inconsistent i don't understand how one side of the ball can get it rolling and not have that somewhat rub off on the other. Like there should be levels of like cohesion and confidence that's built up there. It's called momentum. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't translate to both sides of the ball. They're either both middling or one is performing at a high level and the other one just goes into the gutter and vice versa. What really concerns me is, is like now if you look into some of these uh, box scores and you look at like the quarter by quarter breakdown after you've watched the game, sometimes it looks like just based on those breakdowns that you've witnessed two completely different contests. Because the first half of these Chargers games, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, they're getting it cracking. And now recently in the last few games, they come out in the second half and they just lay eggs. And it's almost Joe Lombardi like, which is super scary. Because remember what that experience was like? Of course you do. Because this is somewhat, sort of kind of mirroring it. It's as if they come out in the first drive or half and they've got a bunch of scripted plays that work out. And then they go in at halftime and it's like they blew their load in those first 30 minutes. And now it's, well, let's just throw some stuff at the wall in the second half and see what sticks. They may even come out with the same game plan as in the first half as if, you know, the opposition won't make adjustments <laughs> and then when it doesn't work for them there's no plan b or c that's coaching and i'm going to continue to harp on this because at the end of the day 
The product on the field comes from the level of discipline instilled into the players by the coaching. And yes, the guys on the field have to produce in their roles. But I keep saying this. You can't ask players or I'm sorry, put them in less than advantageous situations, play after play after play after play and expect them to overcome that by essentially outplaying your poor scheme or poor calls. I'm not taking heat off of the players, by the way, because the coaches don't make tackles. Um, the coaches aren't on the field, not getting proper depth in zones. Uh, the coaches are not when in pass coverage, not getting their head around to look for the ball, uh, extending drives due to pass interference penalties, things like that. Stuff like that's on the players. Um, we're talking about just like, just from, I guess if you want to just kind of call it the standpoint of fundamentals, that's a player's thing. But man, you have to put these guys in positions to succeed. And I don't know what it's going to take for this team to kind of get on the same accord on at least two sides of the ball. Like special teams, I like I mentioned before, special teams has been mostly okay for the year. I mean, some stuff here and there. J.K. Scott, much better game last week by J.K. Scott. Of course it was in a loss. <laughs> but they have to find a way to get on one string and play connected. And Brandon Staley always talks about that, and we have yet to see it. So, man, I don't know at this point. All we can keep doing is hoping that at some point they figure it out. But as the weeks go by and these losses keep piling up, you're running out of time and it's happening fast. And these uphill battles are not the ones you want to have to fight in the NFL. Uh, not every team is built for that. And right now, you can't honestly say that you think the charges are. If you are, you're, you're lying to yourself. And I, I don't recommend uh, giving yourself false hope. Uh, willful ignorance is not something that I advise you invest in or subscribe to. But if that's you, do your thing. Who am I to judge? It really does hurt my soul. I have to keep doing this because I love Justin Herbert, just like many of you do. The fact of the matter is the last few showings have not been great. And unfortunately, the criticism is warranted. And in the spirit of being fair and balanced, Got to do what I got to do. So I think uh, on the last five, kind of dug into some of his missteps. And they only seem to continue against the Chiefs, unfortunately. Um, also going to entitle number three, the Bowery King. I don't know how many of you guys out there are familiar with John Wick. If not, you should be. What's wrong with you? The thing that makes all of this worse is like, you know, he's not playing terrible football overall. I mean, statistically... Almost about, what, 1,600 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, 2 coming just last week. What's really making this hard to digest is all of the national attention he's getting. We know the story. Justin Herbert enters the league. People were very critical. Um, they didn't want to have to really eat the crow after two to three years and the performances and record setting numbers that he put up. You had to admit, even though the wins weren't stacking up, his individual performance was something that you had to come to terms with. A lot of people had issue with that. And you just knew they couldn't wait until he went on like or he took a little bit of a dip. Every opportunity they could, if he played a not so great game, they would harp on it. But this year it's different. 
And you know who the ringleader of all of this is? Uh, you may know him as Emmanuel Acho. I affectionately refer to him as uh, Cheeseburger Eddie with the Gumby Fade. That cat? Ridiculous. I don't really even watch that show. I catch some of the clips, but I made it my business to avoid all of that stuff for the last two weeks. Because you can see it just scrolling through YouTube. You can catch the clips where they have it, you know, by segment on each show. And I've seen multiple. It's not just him. You're getting criticisms from shows that he's actually appeared on and guys that have pretty, you know, or hold him in high reverence. And again, there's nothing wrong with being critical of the kid if he's not playing up to snuff. And having gotten that brand new contract, there's a different set of eyes and expectations on him now. You're either going to be the guy or you aren't. But the truth of the matter is, is these last few performances, I mean, you've got what? Just in the last three games, he has was that four TDs to four interceptions. So splitting it right down the middle. Not great. Uh, there is context surrounding these things. You can look at kind of game flow, where they ended up when these things happened, where the turnovers took place. And a lot of them were, were really bad passes. And sometimes he was just pressing to make a play and I got to have a situation and it resulted in a turnover. It's not great. Um, especially when you're looking for this to be the guy that you've put all the weight on. And I say this over and over again. It's really unfortunate because Justin Herbert cannot afford to have bad games. If he plays poorly, the team loses. And it takes Herculean efforts on his part, for the most part, for them to get W's in these games. It sucks. Uh, it's a lot of pressure, but hey, I guess, you know, you got to put your big boy pants on. Welcome to the National Football League. Comes with the territory and big money and the position. Because if you're going to be the face of the franchise, you got to take the highs with the lows. And to be completely frank with you, I don't think he'll stay in this slump that he's in right now uh and i'm not giving him I'm not shooting him any bell i'm just talking about what is the fact of the matter is, is that last week the running game did get going which is great and there was some pretty decent balance there throughout the game and i think it served him well in the first half where i think the problem lies from a strategical standpoint when we're talking scheme I genuinely believe the Chargers would benefit from spreading teams out a bit more right now, especially with the breakdowns and protection that are happening. It ain't safe without Corey Lindsley out there. And I cannot, again, stress enough how big of a deal Lindsley not being on that field is. Uh, but having him go out there and taking five to seven step drops and late waiting on these slowly developing routes. And I say slowly because... You're not really getting the guys with any real speed out there to get into these routes and maybe get into these windows and zones quicker so that the line doesn't have to hold up as long. But look, your job is to protect the quarterback. And to be completely honest with you, there are multiple guys that aren't doing that at a very high level right now. I'm not going to call out any names. Y'all watch the games. You know exactly the ones that I'm referring to. But when you don't have outlets, like, you know, you got Gerald Everett, who's now down. Don't know what the status is for him this week. But, um, you know, when you got Austin Eckler, who's still recovering from a high ankle sprain, still doesn't really look to be 100%. Not being incorporated into the passing game the way that he has in years past. Uh, Keenan Allen being the primary focus in the wide receiver group. And teams knowing that and now effectively working to neutralize him. Uh, Josh Palmer stepping up, which is great, but still not utilizing your first round draft pick to any effect, as opposed to maybe like one to two plays a game. 
we're at a point now where, again, I think the Chargers are best suited to play a little bit more quick game. Justin's going to have to be very careful with the ball in those instances unless he's throwing it out on the perimeter because teams are kind of sort of waiting in the middle of the field, getting a lot of batted balls. This was the thing last year, and it was because the trajectory of his ball was off. I think it had something to do with the ribs. So it looked like he improved upon that this season, but still, um, he's got some delayed passes over the middle where if guys aren't getting through in pass rush or linebackers are sitting back in zone, maybe potentially hiding behind the first level, just waiting to see the ball go up and then batting it down. Still happening uh, more frequently than I would like. But that quick game is going to help in a few phases. Uh, number one, it's going to help you with, uh, I'm not going to say altogether eliminating pass rush, but it's going to stop it or should I say make it more difficult especially for your edge guys to get through towards Herbert, maybe getting him flustered, forcing him to step up more into the pocket than where he would like into maybe more additional interior pressure. If you got space on the outside to operate with, you can get the ball out quickly and allow the guys who can make plays after the catch, which you still aren't utilizing properly, but y'all get what I'm getting at um, to do their thing. If you ever decide that that's the route you want to go, if you really want to help your quarterback out, The play of Justin Herbert in general, though, has been very shoddy. He seems to be anticipating pressure now. He doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. He's not layering throws really well. I mean, the accuracy is really off. Uh, You've seen him miss Keenan now on three potential huge plays, at the very least three. Talking about two that will probably have been touchdowns. And honestly, these are potential game-changing plays that he's missing these shots on. I know that he's dealing with the finger situation too, by the way. And I think that might be a little understated. I mentioned this on uh, the After Hours, is that I believe that some of, guess, his normal progression, or should I say habits, have to be uh, amended just kind of based upon the fact that he's got that splint and the glove on his left hand. Quarterbacks have a tendency to spin the ball to get a feel for, um, <clears throat> pardon me, to get a feel for the strings. And you can't really do that the way that you're accustomed to doing it when you have that level of protection on your offhand. It seems like a small thing, but it's a routine. It's like anything else. And the thing about it is you don't think about the fact that you can't do it until you can't do it because it's second nature. I think it's probably throwing his timing off a bit and his level of comfort in getting a feel for the ball, the strings, and getting it off of his hand at the launch point properly. It's it's a bunch of things that kind of tie together there. None of that is missed on me. I get it. Unfortunately, nobody's going to care. None of that's going to matter, especially people who are looking to critique everything you do. Chicago could be a game where Herbert gets right. But I think that Kellen Moore has to do him some favors here in the play calling and just, man, get some space out there. Maybe consider using more four or five wide sets like three by one stuff is cool um, when you're out there running trips and everything. But what I would really like to see if you're going to do that is get Quentin Johnston as, you know, a Z receiver, your number three off of the line of scrimmage in the three by one set as a part of trips, not off to the side one-on-one because then you're forcing him to have to potentially be a guy who can beat press coverage 
and he's not creating very much separation regularly. I know you guys see like a couple plays here and there and think that's what he's doing all game long when he is, but it's not the case. He wins on a few routes, but not the majority of them the way that you may believe that he does. And opening the NFL is a little bit different than in college, by the way. So just keep that in mind. I would really like to see him hidden in those three by one sets and maybe run some shallow crosses, things of that nature where you can get the two receivers in front of him, you know, directly ahead of him and to the side of him um, almost as space eaters. And they can run a little bit of interference for him to get open so that the ball can get into his hands quickly so you can see what he can do after the catch, what you drafted him for. But the offensive coordinator has to scheme that up. And I don't think Kellen Moore is doing a very good job of that whatsoever. Uh, Quentin, when your opportunities come, my man, you got to make the most of them because they are few and far in between. But the most that you can do at this point in time is show them that when you do get an opportunity that, you know, you can be a difference maker. Justin, you got to find QJ. Uh, I know on a lot of these uh, routes, he may not even be like the first two looks in the progression. And unfortunately, because the pass rush is getting home as uh, frequently as it is, sometimes Justin's not even getting to the third read. It just kind of is what it is. But they have to make Quentin uh, a primary target in a lot of these looks. Uh, you got to make him a priority. You spent the draft capital on, him, capital on him. You're down Mike Williams. You might be down Gerald Everett. Um, you know, Austin Eckler isn't what we know Austin Eckler to normally be. He's, you know, dealing with a little bit of something. You got to find some other ways to manufacture uh, some touches in the offense for other playmakers. So Justin, I feel for you, man. I hate having to see the critiques, uh, but it is what it is. It's the life in the NFL. And uh, when you're the guy on the team, you got to take what comes with it. Again, I do believe he'll get through it. He'll get past it. Kellen Moore's got to help him out a bunch. We just need you to deliver. When your number is called, man, and there's an opportunity to make a big play to help this team get some momentum, you can't miss as frequently as you have. Uh, Tennis, our dude, we're going to support him all the way. But by the same token, when he ain't on, we're going to talk about it. So once again, we'll get it figured out, hopefully, and soon. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Nobody wins when the family feuds. Or so a song told me once, I believe. Uh, oh, speaking of family feud, another one of those six degrees of Craig situations. So tonight... On Family Feud, uh, an old high school buddy of mine is actually going to be on there with his peoples. 
which is really cool. Um, it's the Sherry family. So Franz is the guy that I went to school with. So if you get a chance to check that out, please do so. Uh, should be really cool. But how is this related to the Chargers? Well, let me get through this because I'm really sick of talking about this Chiefs game, as I'm sure you are of hearing about it. But there are multiple things that took place that I feel we need to touch on. This being one of the most important. So I think I'm going to entitle number four. Make it make sense. Because I need some help I'm trying to understand a couple things. So post game. Brandon Staley alluded to the fact that, yeah, they ran some zone in the first half, uh, almost to say that they didn't overdo it, <laughs> only to be followed up in the locker room by Michael Vato Davis and uh, Derwin James, saying that they ran a significant amount of zone in the first half and switched over to man in the second half, pretty much acknowledging that they probably did too much of zone coverage in the first half. Uh, Mike Davis kind of went into detail talking about how you really need to get up into the Chiefs players and uh, be physical with them, which is not what was happening. I mean, especially early in the game. Derwin wasn't as in-depth, but he did absolutely speak to playing a lot of zone in the first half. So you know, it's, it's weird. This isn't the first time you've heard one thing from Staley at the podium and then something else from the players. And then this whole situation with Austin Eckler is just weird. He has this very passive aggressive way about going about making these comments and answering these questions. It's, it's, it's a little off putting. It might just be his personality. I don't know. It just feels weird. Uh, not trying to make any assumptions here. Just telling you what I hear and the vibe I'm getting from it. But uh, here's something for you just to. I'm thinking out loud. Go with me. Let's just say you have two types of cornerbacks, right? You've got Michael Davis, who's your tall, rangy press man cover corner. You've got Asante Samuel Jr., who's more of your smaller, shifty, instinctive gambler um, with elite short area quickness. My question that I would like to pose to you all out there is why would you think playing either of those two archetypes with a 10 to 12 yard cushion is a good idea? Michael Davis does not have elite short area quickness, which puts him at a disadvantage when there's too much space because he can't get his hands on guys. And then you're asking him to be able to move his feet and keep guys in front of him, not miss tackles, be able to click and close. And for a guy that's longer, that doesn't move well in short spaces and cannot swivel his hips and get around um, as naturally as some smaller players can, just not setting him up for success. And then Zant, if you want to take advantage of the fact that he is extremely quick in small areas and very instinctive and will make plays on the ball, given an opportunity, you probably want him closer to the ball. I'm not saying that he should be impressed, man, but at least maybe some soft off man coverage, like a couple yards, but definitely not like 10 to 12. It's not taking full advantage of his uh, abilities, either one of them for that matter. So there's a very real disconnect to me between utilizing player skill and game plan. And I probably said this a million times at this point but it just keeps showing itself over and over and over again and i don't get the rationale here from a person a coach whose background is in defense and i mean you would argue that his ability to call a defense is what got him the job in the first place i mean yes he does have a background as a quarterback also so it's twofold i'm sure being able to relate to justin herbert in that way being a former quarterback in college 
helped his cause quite a bit. But here we are again, asking ourselves for another week. Why isn't he doing the things that seem to make the most sense? And I can't come up with an answer. I, I mean, maybe you can't help me out. Uh, I watched this team religiously for years, but I paid very close attention just in the past few to whether or not what we were sold is something that was uh, viable or if it was just from a guy who talks a good game. I mean, look at year one. Uh, he didn't have all his guys. Okay. Shoot you some bell on that one. Year two, they got you your guys. And you dealt with a few injuries, but still learning the scheme all around. So have to give them some time to become a little bit more cohesive, right? All right. Year three, what's your excuse? Especially when you're not doing things in year three that had proven to be successful in year two. Now you're just you're just trying stuff and it doesn't make any any sense whatsoever. So hopefully this week we see a game plan that's more in line with what makes sense for the opponent. Chicago has a very particular style of offense right now with Tyler Bajan as their quarterback. And you know what defense you probably don't want to roll out there? The one you just used against the Kansas City Chiefs that you shouldn't have. Well, specifically in the first half. If you do that again this week, well, then I got some other questions. And then uh, we might have to get a little bit deeper and darker into what's going on with Staley. So uh, I'd rather not have to do it, but I ain't afraid to. So let's see how it goes. Let's put a nice little bow on this five piece, shall we? I think I'm going to call the finale. The next episode, hey. Because the Chargers do indeed have the Bears up next. And I got a question for you out there as Chargers fans. Go with me for a sec. What does a win against the Bears really do for you? Just mean like with regards to how you feel about the team. Now, of course, simple answer is, yeah, Greg, we want to win as opposed to a loss. I mean, who wants to be two and five? But I'm asking you to dig a little deeper here. And I guess it probably comes down to the fashion of which the Chargers would win the game if they do win. If we're talking about them completely smoking the Bears, like blowing them off of the field to the tune of like two plus scores, I'm assuming you're going to feel pretty good about that, especially because that probably comes by way of them making those changes that we've been clamoring for on both sides of the ball. Maybe that comes to fruition finally. They pull it together in this game and gives you hope moving forward. But if they find themselves in another fist fight and come out with like a two or three point win, probably not as enthused about that. Get that feeling of being like the smartest kid in the dumbest class. And what do you really have to take away from that? It's more of the same. Ultimately, I just want them to win the game because I don't want to have to deal with the embarrassment of another loss. But do keep this in mind. They just kicked the crap out of a Raiders team that the Chargers almost allowed to storm back and beat them just a few weeks ago. So let's not overlook that. But a loss in this game? Hmm. What does that do exactly? It could potentially uh, signal... A bit of an offloading 
before uh, the trade deadline. Do I actually think that's going to happen? No, not really, because not what the Chargers do. But if you're looking forward because of the cap situation next season, and if you just feel like you're not going to make it happen this year, yeah, you could potentially try to move off of some guys and get them on teams where they can compete. But then you have to ask yourself the question of who's it going to be and what can you get back for, uh, for them? What, what would you get back in return for, say, like a Khalil Mack right now? Or Joey Bosa or an Austin Eckler if someone would trade for an Austin Eckler right now. Just a couple of names that I'm shooting out there doesn't necessarily mean it would happen or if the charges would even really consider it. Here's the thing about that. Besides the fact that I don't really think they'll do it. The effect that that could have on the team going forward for the remainder of the season probably isn't great. Because you have to sell the rest of the guys on your team on the fact that you're not just canning it for the season. You can lose respect that way. And the charges are all about you know keeping guys, I guess, encouraged and wanting to play their best. So I really can't see them just, you know, shipping cats off. Now, what's funny is that you see some of the other moves that are being made around the NFL, particularly with Howie Roseman and the Eagles. Uh, I don't know how Howie gets this done. I'm sure he knows where all the bodies are buried. He's got naked pictures of everyone. That man gets deals done in a fashion that and the rate that he does it every year. He gets high level top of the market players for next to nothing in these trades. Teams line up to give Howie Roseman their stuff. Something about that ain't right with me. I ain't hating. As a matter of fact, I'm a little envious. Don't know what he's doing, but yo, salute to you, Howie. You the man. Got gotta gotta keep it a buck with you. But where this team goes moving forward, it's hard to say. Uh, a win keeps you feeling like you know they aren't totally out of things. You can kind of look forward at the rest of the schedule. And the last thing that you should do as a Chargers fan, no better than this, is start counting wins in games that you think they should actually absolutely win. It's almost never the case. They always find a way to stumble in one or two. It's really already happened early on in this year. But really and truly, the focus just needs to be taking it one week at a time. And what I want to see from these guys, regardless as to what happens, uh, is that everyone is playing on the same accord together. If we're at a point now where they're questioning the coaching staff and things of that nature, I mean, I kind of understand why. I'm not saying that's what's going on, but if it in fact is, then play for each other, for the dude who suited up next to you. Because ultimately, that's what it's really about. And I don't expect players to have to overcome poor scheme every week. What I do expect, though, it's for them to go out there and be professionals. Do what you're getting paid to do and compete. It's really all I can ask for. And I'm fine as long as I see that. But if I see guys quitting, if it looks like they're giving up, if they can just kind of see the writing on the wall and the play reflects that, I, I can't get down with that. I can't support it. I mean, it doesn't mean I would you know, stop being a fan of the team. I really don't have a choice. Cannot help who you love. That is clear. Just saying, I can't get behind dudes just checking out. And yeah, it's not been great to this point. 
but it's not over. So you have to act accordingly. And maybe, just maybe, some things get switched up and this team can find themselves back in the mix. But it has to start with this week. The guys have to play together and not allow themselves to continuously fall behind or cheddar bob themselves. Uh, for those of you who never saw Eight Mile shoot themselves in the foot, it's another way of saying that. Cheddar Bob shot himself in the leg. Same idea. Just go out there and compete, man. Make it worth the fans' time. Earn your paychecks, and we'll see what this thing is in a few weeks. Maybe we look up and the charges are back in the mix. But what you can't do is lose this game. So the same way that I already thought the Dallas Cowboys game was a must win before rolling into Arrowhead because I already had a feeling that wasn't going to go well. This is pretty much in the same vein. If you want any chance at salvaging the season, it's got to start right now. Scratch, kick, claw, but do it together. Be disciplined and give full effort. It's all we can ask for as fans at this point. So, y'all know what it is with me, man. I appreciate you for tuning in, listening to me ramble as I normally do. Because this is therapy for me. Hopefully, it helps you out a little bit, too. But until the next time, see y'all. Catch you on After Hours, actually. Win or lose. Or with the charges, maybe even tie. Who the hell knows? We haven't experienced that in a while, right? But whatever. Catch y'all in the next one. Y'all take it easy. I am gone.